Father, we just thank you again for another opportunity to come together to open your word and to allow your Holy Spirit to teach each one of us what it is you want us to get out of your lesson today. It has a lot in it, Father, and makes us think about a lot of things. And what is it, the main thing, that we want our children to remember us for? So I pray, Lord, that as we go through this, that we can see ways to apply your word to our lives so that our children know that we are all in a process of becoming the woman that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, chapter 48. Now, there's no way that I'm going to be able to read the verses, so I'm just going to paraphrase them as we go along. <clears throat> Excuse me. And hopefully, it'll all make sense. So, chapter 48. <clears throat> so, as we see that these are the last two chapters of Jacob's life, and he wants to make them count and to share what was the most important thing to him. In Genesis 48, 1 through 7, to paraphrase, it says, Joseph is told that his father is sick, so he takes his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him to go see Jacob. Jacob is in his bed, but when he is told that Joseph has come to see him, he collects himself and sits up in bed. I don't know how many times I read these first seven verses, and it was only the last time that I read it in verse 5 did I realize that even in verse 5, Jacob has switched the children because he puts Ephraim first in verse 5. So sometimes Jacob, <clears throat> excuse me, Jacob is referred to as Israel and sometimes as Jacob. I like what John J. Davis in his commentary said about the name switches. He said, Moses referred to him as Israel because as Israel, he was the bearer of the covenant promises of God and as Jacob he was only a human warrior feeble with age and near death in Hebrews eleven twenty one, we get a little more information on this time with Jacob and his two sons it says by faith Jacob as he was dying blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff I wondered about them uh, leaning on the staff and what could that mean as well as what is the difference between a rod and a staff. A staff was a long stick with a hook on the end. Shepherds used this for support on their long days and night of tending the sheep. The hook was used to help a sheep that was down and could not ride itself. How many of you remember a couple of Sundays, maybe longer than that now, Pastor Jim gave us a demonstration of what a down sheep would look like. Do you remember? He said... It's down on its back, and it's got all four feet up in the air, going like this and saying, <laughs> I thought that was a good visual of what it would look like to the shepherd, but he uses that hook to just lift it up. He all, it is also used in the birthing process to lift up the babes to their moms. The long part was used to reach out to a sheep that was wandering into danger, as well as to guide along the way. It was used also to draw the shepherd's favorite sheep closer to him. The rod had a different purpose for the shepherd. As a young boy, he would start learning how to use the rod. He would go out and find a young sapling <clears throat> with the root ball still attached. The root ball was smoothed out, and he would practice throwing the rod until he was so proficient with it that he rarely missed the sheep that he was throwing it at. 
He used the rod to discipline a wandering, roaming sheep. So Jacob is able to rise enough to be able to lean on the top of his staff to give Jacob and his two sons their blessings. What were the first words that, that Jacob says to Joseph? Notice he does not talk about his life. He does not talk about his troubles. He does not talk about the other sons. But his first words to Joseph are, God Almighty. He's leaning on the word of God and on his promises that God gave him in chapter 28, verses 10 through 15. David said in Psalm 23, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Psalm 119, 11, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And in, Psalm, uh, in Isaiah 55, 11, I paraphrased it a little bit. It says, My word shall not return to me void until it accomplishes what it was sent for. It is the word of God that both comforts and disciplines us as well as loves us and draws us to the Savior. Jacob officially adopts Joseph's two sons. He calls them his own, just as Levi and Simeon are. Levi does not inherit any land because his tribe was the priestly tribe, and they would inherit 48 cities throughout Israel. And Simeon was eventually absorbed into the tribe of Judah. Jacob tells him, any of your sons born after these two, they can be yours, but these two are mine. And then in the last verse 7, Jacob remembers Rachel and where she was buried. In verses 8 through 12, Jacob's eyesight is dim, as he says, and he asks about the two boys. Whenever I read this, I just thought they were young boys, but they were grown men. I just had never done the math. They were probably, they were, they were born probably within the first two years of plenty, then the seven years of famine, and now it is the end of Jacob's life, and he has been in Egypt for 17 years. So the boys could have been around 28 or 29 years old. And the thing that really shocked me was, Joseph is probably around 60. So Joseph brings his two sons to Jacob to bless. And then in verses 13 and 14, this is very interesting. Joseph has Ephraim by his right hand and Manasseh by his left hand, therefore putting Manasseh to Jacob's right hand and Ephraim to Jacob's left hand. Manasseh is the oldest, so he would have received the blessing of the firstborn. Israel, in verse 4, 14, I'm sorry, Israel, the covenant bearer, remember, crosses his hands and laid his right hand on Ephraim's head and his left hand on Manasseh's head, switching the order. There are several other places where the younger son was chosen over the older son. We have Isaac and Ishmael, Jacob and Esau, Joseph and Reuben, and David and his older brothers. In verse 15, Jacob blesses Joseph. He says, God has been the one before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked. God had been his shepherd all of his life. God had been his protector and his provider. He acknowledges that it had been God Almighty or El Shaddai or El Shaddai? How do you say that? El Shaddai? That had been the one that had directed Jacob all of his life. As Jacob tells of all the ways that God has been his provider and the one that has directed his life, it reminded me of a picture I have been watching with my dog. 
Don't laugh. <laughs> Remember, God used a donkey to get his appointment across to Balaam. <laughs> I can relate to Jacob on a couple of levels. As I have gotten older, my eyesight is not that good anymore. Maybe too many years in front of the computer, plus a family history of macular degeneration. I had to enlarge the type, and I have a light here. I also have a magnifying glass with a light on it in order to be able to see clearly after the words start to run together. Anyway, back to my lesson on Keebler. As he has gotten older, and he's going to be 15 in April, we just, he just wants to be by my side. Wherever I am is where he wants to be. He depends on me for absolutely everything. Food, water, safety, love, and he knows he will receive everything he needs. What I see in this is that that is just exactly how the Lord wants me to be with him. He wants me to only want to be with him, to depend upon him for all my needs. Jacob had learned this through the years as he watched all the things that God had done for him. And now on his deathbed, he wants Joseph and Joseph's two sons to know all the blessing God had provided for him and to pass it on to each generation. Verse 16 is then he blesses the sons of Joseph. He says, may my name live on in them and may the names of my father and may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Ephraim became a leading tribe in Israel and and Joshua is from the tribe of Ephraim and Manassas was known for its valor. Verses 17 through 21. Joseph sees, his fa- sees what his father is doing, and he tries to stop him from crossing his hands. But Jacob says, and I bet every mother in here has said this, I know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Just be quiet and listen. Then that's what Jacob basically said to his sons. <clears throat> you see, Jacob had learned to listen to the voice of the Lord and to trust him completely. He did not need to see. He just needed to listen. Then Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. And when the exodus happened, Joseph's body was taken out of Egypt and with them to fulfill this prophecy. Verse 22. This is an interesting verse as it is the only place in scripture where it is mentioned. It is the only place where Jacob speaks of being in a battle himself. And he gives that land to Joseph as an extra portion of land. And now we come to the difficult part. These are the prophetic uh, blessings from chapter 49 for the 12 sons. Uh, Your handout has all the information that I could find on the sons. That's why you don't have to fill in the blanks because I didn't know how to do that. So I just typed up what I got uh, through my research on each one of the sons. So maybe as as we go along talking about them, you'll be able to see some of the things. And uh, when you get in your group, maybe be able to answer uh, some of the questions a little easier. So verse 1, Jacob summons his sons. It is here that we have the phrase, in the last days or days to come. In other words, some of this is going to happen later on in life. Verse 2, O sons of Jacob, remember Jacob is the man, and listen to Israel, the covenant bearer, your father, for you see he was both to, the, to his sons. He starts with Reuben, 
Uh, <clears throat> Reuben means behold a son. Re- uh, Jacob's firstborn son. He would have, should have been a man of strength and dignity, but because of his sin with the father's concubine, the, this resulted in the loss of the birthright of the firstborn. God looks for a stable character for those who will lead his people. Jacob told him, you will never excel, and he never did. No prophet, no judge, no king ever came from the tribe of Reuben. Reuben was compared to unstable water, and you can find some of this in first, uh, the fulfillment of this in First Chronicles 5, 1 and 2. Simeon and Levi. Simeon means hears and obeys, and Levi means joined. These two were full brothers, and they got into trouble every time they were together. Their nature was apparently identical. Because of their sin of self-will and anger, they were cursed. Jacob said they would be divided and scattered. The fulfillment was that Simeon was absorbed by the tribe of Judah, and because the tribe of... uh, Let me back up. This was fulfilled when Simeon was absorbed into the tribe of Judah because it was so small. And the Levites were given no land, but they had 48 cities to live in, thus fulfilling the prophecy that they would be divided and scattered. The fulfillment, again, is in Joshua 19, verses 1 and 9. Judah means praise. I found it interesting that with the three previous sons, Leah named them hoping for her husband's love, which he apparently never got. She named her fourth son praise, for she said, this time I will praise the Lord. Her emphasis on love changed from Jacob to the Lord, the only one who will ever love us beyond anything we could ever imagine. His prophetic blessing is longer than any of the others except for Joseph. Judah was successful in warfare and and overcame He overcame his enemies as his hand shall be on the neck of his enemies. He is compared to a... He is is compared to a lion's whelp. I guess that means pup or cub. There are several mentions of the Messiah here with Judah. The lion, a scepter, which was a long staff. Shiloh is another word that was used here, and that means till he comes or whose it is. He's compared to a cub, a lioness, a vine, and a donkey's colt. The fulfillment was eventually in the Messiah. Zebulun means dwelling. This tribe became the commercial tribe. They were very brave warriors. Deborah and Barak came from this tribe. Zebulun is compared to a haven. Moses said in Deuteronomy 33:18 and 19 that that's what he said in Moses said <clears throat> he was compared <clears throat> Zebulun and Issachar would be blessed from the abundance of the sea and the treasures hidden in the sand which was still future. Issachar means here is um, there is here or reward. He is a strong donkey. He was compared to a strong donkey. They were not afraid to work hard and to produce, they produced a lot of food. Both Zebulun and Issachar were the backbones of the nation when they settled in the promised land, even though they were small tribes. Dan means to judge. 
Dan produced one of the most famous judges of all, Samson. But they also led in rebellion. The total lack of moral commitment and spiritual stability is what Jacob meant when he compared Dan to a serpent, by the way. Dan is the only tribe admitted in 1 Chronicles and in Revelation 7. Gad means good fortune or a troop. Even though Jacob was on his deathbed, he was still able to do a wordplay with the name of Gad. It literally reads, Gad, or a troop, a troop will troop upon him, but he will troop upon their heels. Jacob assured the Gadites that in the future they would eventually conquer their enemies, and Moses compares him to a brave lion. Asher means happy or blessed. They be, this tribe became agricultural people referring to the wealth from bread and for, for providing, providing rich food or the delicacies that were fit for a king. <coughs> Naphtali <coughs> means obtained by wrestling. He is compared to a deer, which suggests a free-spirited people. He gives beautiful words that also suggest that they were very poetic people who could express themselves well. Joseph means may God add or increase her. Joseph was compared to a fruitful bough. Shooting arrows refers to the lies being told about or speaking hateful words. And remember, his brothers could not speak a civil word to him. <clears throat> and they also lied to their father about Joseph. Joseph's tribe would be blessed with the blessings of heaven above and the blessings of the deep that lies beneath. And of the people which, um, which was in the future. Words used in his prophetic blessing of the coming Messiah are mighty one of Jacob, shepherd, and stone or rock. Benjamin means son of the right hand. Um, Joseph, Benjamin is Joseph's only full brother. The men of Benjamin were brave. They are compared to a ravenous wolf. And you can see this wolf in some of the um, people that come from the tribe of Benjamin, which is King Saul, Abner, and Saul of Tarsus. The prophetic blessings conclude with Jacob giving them instructions about his death. He tells his sons where he is to be buried, and he draws his feet into bed and breathes his last, and he was gathered to his people. It reminds me of Moses when God told him to go over on the mountain and die, and he did. Some things I have observed about these prophetic blessings. They were specific for each son. Jacob had observed his sons and was aware of their character and their potential. He did not compare them to, any of e to each other. So now what does this mean to all of us? Can we say to our children, God has been my provider? my constant companion, have we lived in such a way that our children know without being told that we totally depend upon the Lord for provision? Can we say he has never failed me? I pray we can because we are in the process of learning how to do all of these things. I'd like to share a little about, about my mom, how my mom blessed me on her deathbed almost a year ago, be a year ago next month, at the age of 99. Mom came home from the hospital on a Wednesday, and she was able to sit up in bed, do her uh, word-find puzzle, and read on her Kindle. Early Thursday morning, she had a stroke, and from that time on, she went downhill. 
She was still able to talk with us, but we could see that her body was giving up. All the family came to see her, and she said the same thing to each one of us on many occasions because that was what was the most important thing to her. I can see that with what Jacob said to Joseph. God Almighty has been my provider. I'll tell you what that saying was that mom had in just a minute, but I want to tell you a little bit about her first. My mom was on her own from the age of 12 because no one wanted her. She said so many times that she always knew the Lord was with her and taking care of her, just as Jacob had stated to uh, Joseph. I know this may not sound like a blessing, but to my sister and me, it was actually more than a blessing. It was the most precious time for us with mom. As she deteriorated, she became more childlike, as we had to do everything for her that she did for us as children. I saw the circle of life. We had to change her, bathe her, feed her, we sang to her, and we prayed with her. I remember vividly the night my sister and I went into her room. We each one took one of mom's hands and said to her, Mom, you always came in to say the little kid's prayer with us, and we have come in tonight to, say the, to do the same thing with you. And we said that little prayer with mom that night, but she could not respond. You see, Mom knew what would sustain my sister and me throughout our lives. Only the Lord, as he had been her constant companion and her, and her blessing that she passed on to us was to give us the same knowledge that God would be with us. As Jacob's first word to Joseph were God Almighty, he wanted Joseph to remember that God was faithful to his word and his promises. It was how he had lived his life before his children. He knew that it was the Lord who had been his provider and he, a protector, just as my mom did as she passed that on to my sister and me. So what did mom say to all of her family? It is a simple but powerful thing. It was simply, love Jesus every day, all the time, over and over and over. When, and if, every time she woke up, someone came in her room, She'd look at him and say, love Jesus every day, all the time. I had a plaque made um, for, the, for my grandchildren, for my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. And that's what I had put on it because that's what mom wanted us to remember. So that's what I want them to remember. I don't want him to forget, and I think that's what Jacob's whole blessings for Joseph was. Remember, God is faithful. He will take you through. He will never leave you, and he will never desert you. So I would like to leave a little blessing with you as we close. So don't worry, it will be straight from Scripture, as I believe that is what Jacob was leaning on entirely when he blessed his sons. So let's go ahead and close. And I'll say a little blessing for you. Father, how grateful we are that you have blessed us with so much. You have truly been our provider, our protector, the one who has always gone before us and prepared the way. You have never let us down, and you never will. We are so grateful, Father, that we can meet this morning and just on a slight surface, look at the blessings that Jacob provided for his sons. 
Some are yet to be fulfilled, and some have already been fulfilled. We're so grateful, Father, that we can open your word and that it will correct and discipline and lead and guide and draw us to the Savior. And now, Father, as we close out this teaching time with Jacob and Joseph, I just pray right now, Father, that you strengthen each one of us with power through his spirit in the inner man. May Christ dwell in our hearts through faith. May we be filled up with the fullness of God. May we be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And may we walk in a manner that is worthy of our Lord. May the God of hope fill us with joy and peace and blessings that, you may ab- that we may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious, gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, I pray. Amen.